We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Monday, August 22nd. We are still very much in the dead point of the NBA offseason, but we did get a little bit of news last week. Of course, the NBA schedule came out last week. And personally, I'm not a I'm not a huge like breakdown the schedule uh, guy. We're not gonna go deep today into the strength of schedule or how many back-to-backs or anything like that, because when I see the schedule, I get excited. I'm trying to find out who the Timberwolves are playing, right? And so first thing I look at is the season opener. Um, of course, this year, that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. But to kind of stretch the relevance of that, I'm going to point out that the Wolves not only play the Thunder in the opener, they also play them the third game of the season. And I think that's enough reason to uh, bring on my friend, Andrew Sch- Andrew Schlecht. I almost messed your name up there. <laughs> Andrew, you cover you cover the Thunder. Uh, for the athletic, um, this this would be a really inappropriate time to do a game preview uh, two months in advance. So we're not going to call it a game preview. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it a way to think about the Timberwolves and the Thunder through the way that they that they match up. So thank you for doing this. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Glad to be on. I'm excited for. Uh... At least some interesting T-Wolves talk here. You know, we we talked about the Timberwolves on the Slam and Jam as like Alex yep. thinks that he they're possibly the number one seed in the West. It kind of blew me away a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. I saw that. Blew you away. So, okay. Well, that, that kind of leads into like, that's what you see, right? The first team comes out on the schedule and you're like, is this a team? that you can beat, right? Is this is this a good team? Is this mm-hmm. a bad team? It's the first game of the season. It's what you're going to see. And I think from the Minnesota perspective, you know, you see the Thunder. They have, have had one of the worst records in the league over the past few years. I think in the Timberwolves fan base, it's kind of, you look at those first two games in the first, the first two of three games against the Thunder, you go, those are kind of gimmies. Yep. So one, let's start with that. Is that the right perspective to still still have about the Thunder um, as they're still super young, still like half their salary cap is tied up in like Kemba Walker and Kyle Singler and stuff like that. <laughs> but they are they are growing. Is should Timberwolves fans be viewing this as a really easy matchup in the first two games of the season? I I I think so. I I do think that they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Average age of twenty two. 
you know, 22 year olds okay. just don't win NBA games. However, they're a team full of tryhards, though. So for sure, if the Wolves don't show up ready to play, you can get surprised by this team. And they did it to a bunch of teams last year. You know, they didn't win a ton of games, but they won some surprising games. You know, I think even like a team like Sacramento saw like Isaiah Roby jump in center and they're like, all right, man, it's great. <laughs> this is a win for us. You know, they, and they couldn't beat the Thunder. Um, so yeah. I, if the T-Wolves just show up, yes, they will beat the Thunder. However, mm-hmm. like Shea is very motivated to be good. Dort wants to be a really good two-way player. And then Chet's out there to prove himself. Like, you know, Chet played high school basketball, you know, just a stone's yeah. throw from you know where they're going to play this game and so you know he's going to be motivated too like it's a these are hungry young players that don't know how to play together yet and so i think the timberwolves are going to have the advantage i know that they're going to be getting used to the rudy gobert element but adding a piece like that should be quite helpful uh so i (laughs) to me there's not a lot of gimmies in the league right now you know like who would you say are gimmies like the rockets might be a gimme but they also have guys that can get hot, you know? Sure. But like, who who are the gimmies? Like, I mean, if we were going to say gimmies, I mean, I would put the Thunder in there. If we're trying to, if we're trying yeah. to put a pile together of, yeah. like, three or four teams, I mean, th- theoretically, it should be the Thunder. But but I'm, I'm with you, too. Like, we've seen that for years, the, the, the at least try-hard element of the Thunder. And I feel like that kind of is, whatever, that's Dagnall's culture that yeah. he's put in there. And, and then just the nature of, like, the Thunder always have like guys who are fighting for their money, right? You know, yep. 10 days, two ways, non-guaranteed deals. Like the Thunder have always had that ethos, but they've drastically lacked the talent to necessarily do anything with that outside of surprise somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out kind of, all right, I think that's going to still be that same energy, but you do have substantially more talent just in Shea getting older. Dort, I... He played maybe in like one, only one of the four matchups, I think, against the Wolves last year. Giddy, obviously Chet. Like the, the talent is there a lot more so where than the tryhard guys. That's kind of more like the, the Thunder bench. Like I feel like Kenrich Williams is the is like the poster boy of good that. The good version. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. That. Yeah. Yeah, I but, think that's right. Oh, from the other side of the perspective, right? When when Thunder fans, they see the Wolves on the schedule. In the, in the opener, and then again, three days later, are they viewing that as like, oh, we're playing one of the best teams in the league to start? Or are they kind of like, this is maybe a middling team in the West, and they're going to be kind of in transition trying to figure out all the Rudy stuff? Is what Which side of that do you think the OKC is viewing this as? I would guess that like your average Thunder fan thinks that this is just like an OK NBA team, you know? Yeah, I think the people that are really dialed in understand that, like, what Anthony Edwards is and can be. And I, I mean, I think of them as as a a team that's going to be not the number one seed, but a team that's like fighting for home court advantage. Um, so I think this is like a top top tier Western Conference team. I mean, they're they're going to be much better defensively. Just you add Rudy Gobert, you just get better on defense. And then they've got like some high powered offensive players. So, sure. like, to me, I think if I'm sitting down and I'm trying to figure out, like, win-loss for the Thunder, I'm, I'm counting these Minnesota games as losses. And, you know, they beat the Thunder four times last year. You know, they didn't, <clears throat> they didn't take the Thunder lightly. You know, they, they came in, 
beat them like a drum, like you should, and, you know, took care of business. So, you know, if they're able to do that, I mean, I could see them you know, taking care of the Thunder in Minnesota and then in OKC for OKC's home opener. Yeah, I was going back and looking at some of those games from last year as as we're going to get to. I'm trying to what one. I'm trying to figure out who plays, who's going to play for the Thunder. Yeah, and then kind of from there, try and figure out how are the Wolves going to be matching up with whoever they play. But I went back and was just looking at clips from those games, and it kind of broke down where in January they the beginning of January they played the Thunder twice in a back to back. And the Thunder were playing their guys. That was yeah. that was pre-tank season, and the first game was really close. And they, you know, they the Thunder played them tough at Target Center, and then they, the Wolves won the the second end of the back to back there too. And then, uh, obviously, you know better than anyone. Like Thunder games could get pretty academic the close or have gotten pretty academic the closer we've gotten to spring in the past. And so those mm-hmm. are the other two. But it was an interesting matchup, I think. We've just seen so little of the Thunder, even with how young they are, like actually playing all their guys. I, I, I don't think Wolves should should sleep on that. Right, that this is this isn't the Thunder team that you played two years ago. This isn't the half tanking Thunder team you you played in other seasons. I think in the season opener, you're going to see the Thunder put forth, you know, their their best hand. They're going to be trying, for lack of a better term. And yeah, for sure. And and you can't you know you can't can't really sleep on that either. So I, I I don't know. I think it I think it should be it should be interesting. But help me understand this Thunder team where it's at. I was like as a I'm like okay I want to have Andrew on, but like I I can't just look at this like depth chart. I'm like who what who's gonna who's gonna play? So I I, I sent you an article I found uh, from Joe Masato at the the Oklahoman yep. um, about how he viewed how the Thunder are gonna what he guesses the starter second unit, how it's all going to work. Um, I, I sent that to you in the email. So let's just start with the starters. Do we, Are you in agreement that it's going to be SGA, Giddy, Dort, Chet, and JRE for the starters? Yeah, I think so. I think the wild card is, is Dar- what the Thunder are going to do with Darius Baisley to start the season. I think Darius okay. is like a serious candidate to not be on the team after the trade deadline, just because he's mm. set to be a restricted free agent next summer. Uh, he has been good in spots, but has uh, not really improved at the rate that you would want, especially if you're re-signing guys and you already have this like roster crunch coming at you with all the draft picks that are, you know, that they just had. I mean, they just selected four guys in the draft. They have one pick in this next draft and then the following draft, I think they have another four. So you can't sign everybody. You can't bring back everybody. In in Oklahoma City, they they refer to picks as first-round picks. Yeah. Here we're like, oh. The Wolves don't have any first round picks anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think this is right. I think the Thunder want to play a brand of basketball where the ball hits the hands of whoever it is, and they can make a decision right away with it. You know, I think decision making is like a big, big deal to the Thunder front office and coaching staff. And Darius doesn't really fit that mold very well. Like he can record scratch. He likes tries to to cook guys when you really can't do it. Uh, Jeremiah is a guy that when the ball hits his hands, he's going to know if he's open, he's going to shoot it. And if he's not, he's going to move it. Um, so I think that Jeremiah fits better what they want to do uh, with that group. So, yeah, to me, that's the only spot that's in question. I think everybody else makes sense. And then so kind of along those lines, like Baisley seems like a question mark of what his role is. Does he play? And then Pokashevsky as well. Do you yep. envision him in opening night like? 
is is Poku getting minutes? He he's got to ha- he he had to have had a really good summer, and he's got to have a really good training camp for that to happen. Uh, okay. We have now reached the point where Poku just doesn't get his token minutes off the bench. Uh, he's got to actually show improvement because you got a guy, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara is going to come in. They played him. They started him at the four in summer league and they want to play oh. him all over the court. Well, that's kind of what they've done with Poku. You know, Poku played some minutes at center. He's played power forward. He's played out on the wing some. Uh, but now they have guys that are going to take those minutes. Aaron Wiggins looks awesome in summer league too. His shot looks much improved. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who works really hard. He played pretty well. He actually played pretty well against the Wolves last year too. Uh, and then Kendrick Williams, who they love, is going to play. So, like, where did the minutes for Poku come? It's got to be that he had a great summer. And he's, you know, that I mean, that's it. If he didn't, if he's kind of what he was last year, there's a good chance yeah. that we see Poku on the blue. You know, that, that could definitely yeah. happen. So, that's, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about the Poku. The, the, the most interesting part of who are the Thunder going to play in this game to me is... What bigs are they going to play, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is, I mean, that is any team that's going to be matching up with the Wolves is going to be, the, if you're ever going to mix up your starting lineup to play bigger, it's going to be against the Wolves this yep. year. If you're going to just, maybe you're going to play Mike Muscala in when after he hasn't played for two weeks, maybe he's going to play against the Wolves sure. in a, in when they're matching up against, because they just have a, a bigger team in that sort of way. So, do you, is that what you is Muscala going to be in the mix here? Should we be looking at the bigs that they're going to play as Chet, JRE, and then Muscala and maybe Baisley? Is that what we're looking at for bigs? I would think so. I th- I think they'll play Mike at the start of the season for sure. They like what he brings as far as spacing goes. You know, the Thunder don't have a lot mm-hmm. of shooting, and he's been really good and plays really well with SGA. And so, and he brings a little bit of continuity too, because Chet's going to, you know, space out to three and, you know, Mike's going to come in and space out sure. to three. So I think those are, that's an element that they want. And then like, honestly, like as far as like guys that can play center, I mean, they like to put Jeremiah in that position. Some Chet will play center and then it's really Scala. I think Derek favors is going to get waived. Um, Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's really it. And then, or you're just playing small. Like they would put Poku some at center last year, but I don't think you want to do that against the Wolves. Um, so I, I think that that's the crew that we'll see on opening night. And, you know, I, it, it'll be, I mean, that's it'll be so interesting. small, man. That is so small. In comparison. Like, yeah. Yeah. In comparison. Yeah. I guess in the league at large, as we, as we kind of look at this, there's, there's there's teams who play those size of players. Mm-hmm. They're often older, you know, so they yeah. kind of got that older man strength, even if they're a six, eight, like Robinson Earl is, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And I think he, he has some of that. It's just, again, from the wolves perspective, I think it's me really interesting, not only how the thunder match up with them, but how teams consistently choose who are you going to put on Rudy? Who are you going to put on cat? Yeah. And conversely, who are you going to have cat guard and who are you going to have Rudy guard against, because it's going to be a different look of dual bigs, stretch bigs, super small. Like it, that, I'm really interested to track that with the Wolves this year of like, how is this going when they do play a really big team? How is this going when they play a smaller team? Yeah. And anywhere in the in I, between. I, I think the Thunder would hope that like the consistent matchup is Chet with Gobert. I think that that's okay. what they would want. Uh, offensively, Chet can space out, he can create a little bit off the dribble. 
um, that kind of targets a little bit of what Rudy's weaknesses would be. They want to pull him out from, from the paint a little bit. And then defensively, where Chet is going to thrive is like right around the rim. You know, if he has mm-hmm. to guard out into space, he can do that a little bit, but not not great so far. Uh, but he's got if he's got somebody that's going to just score on the rim, like guys like to punish him and they want to try to punish him at the rim. And if mm-hmm. you're just going at him right around the bucket, it's really difficult. Uh, when he's playing against smaller guys, uh, he can get cooked. You know, but with bigger guys, I think that that's it's a better matchup for him. Yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I I think I would agree with that too. If I'm taking all, I want to put Chet in position to be around the rim as much as possible, mm-hmm. which would put him on Gobert in in this matchup. And and I think I think the logic spreads over to Robinson Earl guarding Cat as well because mm-hmm. I think if you if they do put Chet on Cat. Then the the wolves are not afraid to go to post up cat. If right. like last year it got messy because he would just get doubled all the time because Vanderbilt couldn't you know spread and and hit threes. But that's going to be a different proposition this year when if you're just going to be sending both bigs at cat when he touches the ball in the paint. I mean Rudy's just going to flash and that should he should be able to to score in that sort of way. So I'm I'm with you. I think it makes sense to go Chet on Gobert and then because he's going to be by the rim and then have Robinson Earl guard cat because he's just a little sturdier mm-hmm. and would be able to to guard him the post more though I will say I went I was going back and looking at these clips and Robinson Earl really struggled to like move his feet with cat on the perimeter it was yeah. it was that pump and go where cat tries to do his kind of like Giannis impersonation just head down to the rim and he was kind of cooking JRE there so I'm actually you know not to take the side of the wolves here I think this is going to be pretty problematic particularly in the first game of the season for for the Thunder in in trying to match up with the Wolves in the in the front court specifically. The back court on the wing, I think they have some better options. How do you how do you think they will who are they going to put SJ on? Who are they going to put Dort on and who do you think they'll put Giddy on? Yeah, I I think that Dort is going to get the Anthony Edwards assignment, which I think is the most important one. Uh, mm-hmm. he this is this is the kind of guy that Dort should play well against just because he's, you know, kind of more of a power guard. And that's the mm-hmm. kind of guys that Dort does well against. It's when you get him, when you get guys running off screens is where you can get Dort. Um, so this is a this is actually a pretty decent matchup for Lou. And then I, I think you you put this in your notes. I think you're right. I think SGA is going to be on D'Angelo Russell. Um, mm-hmm. And. I'm interested to see what his defensive effort looks like because it wasn't great last year, honestly. You know, he was real focused on right. what he can be as an offensive player, real focused on getting downhill, wouldn't D up, you know, every possession. So I'm interested to see what that looks like for him. Uh, and then, you know, Giddy, Giddy on McDaniels is probably the the best outcome for Josh just because he, if he's guarding somebody who's going to be creating off the dribble a lot, it's going to be problematic. But if Josh can guard a guy that's more spot up, that's, you know, looking for ways to make smart plays, I think Giddy can guard a guy like that. So, yeah, I think that's right. And it's really, I mean, this the Dort-Ant matchup is going to be really fun. It's going to be fun. That's going to be super fun. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with McDaniels. Like, there's this whole, like, he drops 50 points in the Pro-Am, like, mm-hmm. and he's he's playing off the bounce. He's, you know, he's pulling up a little bit more. And... 
I think as Timberwolves fans, you you obviously want to see all your players uh, expand their game and sure. be able to do more things. But he's in a role just in that starting lineup where you kind of like let's keep that let's keep that usage pretty low just yep. because of the other four guys you're around. So when I do look at the back as as concerned as I would be about a Thunder as a Thunder fan about how they're going to guard the front court, I think that actually matches up pretty well. If SGA is like locked in trying to guard, he's going to need to be like D'Lo. D'Lo will create playmake. Oh yeah. If, if 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 you're if you're not up in him, he will get into 15 feet and he'll he'll he can pick you apart. Yeah. Um. But I I think that's a theoretically size wise good matchup for them. Dort on Ant is fun, and then McDaniel's for now provides a bit of a hiding spot. I think for a player like Giddy who is going to for now at least struggle to defend in isolation in that sort of way. So I think the the guards they match up well. The front court's mm-hmm. more of a struggle yeah, on yeah. the. On the other side of the ball, I think this is where it gets a little bit more up in the air. One, just because we haven't really we haven't seen the Wolves play at all with yeah. this with this sort of lineup. There's they're gonna have to, Chris Finch is gonna have to come to this sort of fundamental choice of how they want to match Cat up defensively and who they want to match Rudy up on. And there's just a lot of different ways to think about this, right? Like, okay, Rudy's the better defender. Should we just put him on the best big all the time? Well, this actually kind of makes the case to not do that because Chet, particularly if you put Rudy on him, Chet's going to play out in space way more. And Rudy is, outside of the concerns people have about Rudy about being able to defend in space, I think more importantly, if he's guarding Chet, he's not by the rim. Right. And then and then it becomes Cat's responsibility to more so be that low man rotating over or just kind of be the anchor of the defense. So my guess is that Gobert guards Chet. I actually, I don't know. I I really don't know. I I keep going kind of back and forth on this. What would you want from the OKC side? You're like, all right, this is how I hope the Wolves match up with Chet and Robinson Earl in the front court. Yeah. I mean, the thing with with Jerry too is like, he's going to be parked in the corner like most of the time. Hmm. And so they want him shooting corner threes. They want Chet to be able to be in spaces to create where he's he's screening for for Shea or he's screening for Josh. And so I think with that, you want Gobert to be guarding Chet uh, to try to pull him out and to you know keep him away from the rim if possible. And this Thunder team, like their offense was bad last year. I mean, I think they had the second worst offense in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be that much better, but I think they're going to be more interesting. I think they're going to be more difficult to cover because, I mean, think about yeah. last year, the target at center at the beginning of the year was Derek Favors. And so, you know, just this slow kind of old school dinosaur, you know, power forward center. But now you've got Chet and I I think he's he's going to create some problems for other teams just because you can't leave him, you know. He's gonna. He can either create off the bounce or he can, you know, hit threes. And so I think that that, along with SGA, who is, man, like there's there's very few guards that are as driven as he is to get to the get to the basket, you mm-hmm. know. And he finds ways to get to the hoop over and over again. So do you do you think they're gonna be? And I don't know this from last year. Relatively uh-huh. speaking, were they a low pick and roll team? In terms of volume last year, oh, that's a good question. I, they they don't run a ton of pick and roll mostly because they didn't have the right personnel, you know, to to do but it. But isn't that kind of still the case? Like for the most part, if, if you're if, I mean, 
I, I think they want to put Chet in pick and roll situations. They want to give him a chance to 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 see what that looks what like. What if it's what if it's Rudy on Chet though? I mean, I know that's yeah. isolating for for one game. I, do you want to play a lot of pick and roll? I think you probably still do, just because Chet's not. It's not just only going to be about getting Chet points around the basket. It's going to be about decision making yeah. from there. So, like when the ball hits his hands, can he hit somebody on on the short roll? Can he hit, throw the ball to door yeah. or Ken Rich or whoever's in the corner? Uh, I think that that uh, is going to be a part of it. So, yeah, I think you do. I think you want to. I mean, the, the truth is, like, it's going to be a lot of failure this year for the Thunder, and you got to learn through that. Like, that's a part. It's a part of the process with this team is like figuring out like what they can and can't do and how the offense is going to work because it wasn't seamless between Shea and Giddy and it's not going to be seamless yeah. between Shea, Giddy, and Chet this year. I mean, it's going to be a learning process, and the Wolves are such an interesting matchup because they don't—they're not going to play like every team, you know. And like the no. first game of the year is going to be kind of a bizarre one because you're playing a really a unconventional team with a Thunder team that's, you know, hopes to be unconventional at some point in that, like, everybody can shoot past On the other side of the spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. So, like, yeah. it's, uh, it, to me, it's really interesting because I think that we're going to see the Thunder playing against a team where they're like, no, we're going to go in the opposite direction. Like, we want everybody to be able to create mm-hmm. offense. And, you know, they, they, got the, they got the right guy in Jet to be able to really actually make that happen. Uh, yeah. But it's going to be... A mess, I would, I would say, <laughs> for it to start with, just because that's how all young teams are, man. I think that some, right. some I, Thunder I, I love that. Like, yeah, some Thunder fans like to think about this like almost in like two K mode, where it's like, all right, now we're just gonna plug this guy in, and he's gonna do this, and and it's like, well, hey, man, it's gonna take time. Like that's just, and that's the NBA. Even even Chet on the short roll is like such a good example of that, right? Like Chet is. For a seven-footer, extremely skilled with the ball in his hands, decision-maker, not only, like, being able to s- decide when to pursue the shot versus the pass. And, like, that's exactly what playing on the short roll is. Mm-hmm. But you know what Chet hasn't done a ton of in his life? Played on the short roll. Like, that is, that is using those skill sets in a different format. Like, that is, like, that's not an easy action to execute. That's why, right. you know, that's why we do this, oh, Play him like Draymond. Play Aaron Gordon like Draymond. Play this guy like Draymond. Like that's really hard to do, man. Yeah. Like that is a you. You are catching the ball like on the move, kind of with your back to the basket, pivoting, reading the defense, and having half a second to spray it out. Chet's not going to be good at that day one. I would bet on Chet being good at that in his career. Yeah. I think that fits his skill set. But I think that's what you're talking. That's how I envision the messiness. It's like okay, we're doing the right things. We're just not good at executing them. I think that's yeah. how the Wolves in these early matchups kind of go. They're the Thunder are kind of fumbling with themselves, trying to find themselves. Let's go on a twelve to two run. You know, I think that will right. happen in probably both of those first two matchups. Without um, a doubt, and it's it's going to be a lot on Shea. Honestly, like if the Thunder are going right. to win games, it's going to be because Shea is spectacular. You know, he's got. 35, 7, and seven. You know, that's those are the kind of nights that the Thunder. They're going. I mean. They're going to win games. They're going to win probably 25 games, maybe 30 games if everything goes right. Um, right. But it's going to be a lot about Shea. It's going to be, you know, Shea wants to make the all-star team. Like If if Shea is going to make the all-star team, he's going to have to have nights like that. And there will be nights that that happens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I, I sent you in in the notes as I was guessing how the Wolves were going to match up. Um, I, th- I wrote in the email to you that that I thought Ant would be on SGA mm-hmm. and that McDaniels would be on Giddy and then D'Lo would kind of be in the Dort hiding spot. Mm-hmm. But I as I was going back and looking at stuff this morning, um, watching those first two Thunder games, the real ones against the Wolves, like Finch was extremely intentional about like hounding SGA because yeah. for all the reasons you were just saying of like it, he's the engine. He he's the, he was the engine of the team last year. He will continue to be the engine of this, of this team. So Finch just played the best defender on him all the time. Pat, that was Patrick Beverly in, in the first matchup with McDaniels coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a tough night. That's a tough night. If you're SGA in, in those. And then Bev didn't play in the second game. So McDaniels started and then like, never used Josh Okoge actually played in that game because Finch was like, all right, I want 48 minutes of hounding SGA there. So this is what led me to change my mind and think that it'll, that Finch will come out and put McDaniels on SGA to, to start the game there. And not, I mean, obviously Ant's going to get 10, 12 possessions. That's just the nature of, you know, cross matches and all that. But I think that will be the Wolves, major focus as it should be right of just slowing down the best player and i think the best way to do that is putting mcdaniels on sga putting ant on giddy which isn't that's not an easy matchup for ant either that's that's important um i'm not sure how like much ant's going to turn the key for the giddy matchup versus the sga matchup if you know what Mm -hmm. i mean oh yeah um and then i think you put and then you put delo off ball on on dort do you agree with that's that's how you think that the Wolves could best match up against this Thunder team? I think so. I, I just think that SGA is like, I mean, he's just going to be relentless in attacking. And so I don't know that you can put Ant on him. Like that's, uh, you're just going to wear him out because um, Ant's going to have a huge load on offense. So yeah, I think that that makes a ton of sense True. to put the guy that you're hiding, kind of hiding in the corner more so and let him do his work defensively on Shea. And then like the thing about Dort... Dort loves to attack the basket too. Like he doesn't. He does. He's a guy that doesn't <laughs> yeah. love to just sit in the corner. He shot really well in corner threes, but he didn't take a ton of them. Uh, and that's because he likes to be in attack mode. Uh, and mm-hmm. with this team, he's he's got to he's either got to be really good, or he's got to learn to be boxed in a little bit. And so I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what that process looks like 
Because I mean, he scored forty in a game last year. You know, probably nobody outside. Well, he's of had Oklahoma freedom the whole that, time. You know, yeah. He he's had freedom to to be outside of the box since his rookie year on that good Thunder team. It's, and it's that's very I much mean, a Thunder thing too. Like they, yeah. they like with Baisley. Baisley's like I've been beating my head against the wall about Baisley for years now, and it's because they don't they want to see what he is. Like they just want. They want him to kind of be able to explore the kind of player he is, and that and that shows you, like if they're trying to win the title, they're not letting Darius Baisley like freelance out there, you know. Um, <laughs> but it shows you where they are, where they're just like, okay, you know what? Let's see where this all kind of naturally, you know, lays at the end of here, and like that. And they're very much comfortable with that. That the words that Sam Presti uses right now is, "I'm going to let the team declare themselves," you know. And part of that is is Lou. Like, what does his offensive role look like? Can we get him down to a a decent usage where he's taking mostly corner threes and attacking closeouts, and then if he feels like he's got a favorable matchup, he can go take care of business? Or is he still the same guy that he was last year? Um, and if he is, it's honestly a little bit problematic because they need guys to play roles, you know. On bad teams, there's really no role players. It's just all guys just kind of doing their thing. Um, and Dort right. was definitely one of those guys last year. No, you are right. That is a good point. Like, Lou Dort is going to shoot a lot in that game. Yeah. He's going to have the opportunity so. to have the ball to, the ball in his hands. The corner. I mean, Delo's the weakest defender in the, in the Wolves starting mm-hmm. lineup. Like, that just – that makes sense. That happened a lot last season where it was players – worse offensive players – than Dort that would end up like getting 24 on, mm-hmm. on a night. And, and part of that is D'Lo not being a strong individual individual defender, but they also asked D'Lo to be a free safety last year. Right. They're like, you're guarding a Dort or a Dort light. Don't worry about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, but that leads to an opportunity for a guy like Dort to go get 20 on a night in this game. What I'm interested to see from the Wolves perspective though, is those type of guys. I mean, it's going to often be like on cuts or like you said, like catch and immediately drive. Like that's something that Rudy should be able to squash. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a guy like Dort just putting his head down. D'Lo, you don't got to totally stay in front of him. Like he's not going to shake you. Just kind of stick with him. Slow him down enough so that Rudy can shade off of Chet or Cat can shade off of JRE Mm -hmm. and, and then make Dort pass out of that like that's not going to go well for the thunder if if that's what if he's running in collapsing and gobert's (laughs) collapsing on him that's not gonna you know that's gonna go so i I think that is definitely the best matchup for d'lo not just because he's the fifth of the five starters but but because i think you can kind of squash that like the way the thunder win one of these two games is sga having that 35 7 and 7 game Mm -hmm. so you got to do everything you can to to take that away. I'm really interested to see the way the Wolves like operate in coverage. Last year they yeah. had nobody like Gobert to to sit back at the rim. They never did that. They blitzed everything, and that doesn't make as much sense with Gobert. But in this matchup, it's kind of like John the playoffs, right? Like blitz SGA, get it out of his hands, make somebody else beat you, mm-hmm. and the Thunder don't really have that in their starting lineup. And once you start getting to mix lineups, like it even gets worse, right? When mm-hmm. it's, it becomes Kenrich or Trey Mann or, or somebody like that doing those sort of things. So 
I think the Wolves can match up with the Thunder quite well, even outside of the front court where their best defender lives. Yeah, no doubt. And that's like Dort is probably the weakest decision maker in the starting lineup. And so if you get him making decisions, you're you're doing the right things. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see just in general how much Finch demands Rudy to play a different way than he did yeah. in, in Utah because you me both, that, I mean that is that is the question, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I don't think yeah. honestly yet, I don't think Finch knows yet. I really I really think yeah. he's gotta like see it on the floor to make a decision of where they want to fall on the gradient of super aggressive versus super aggressive like they were last year to super conservative what Utah has been very successfully for six, seven years. So it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna I, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this matchup. Like one of my buddies here is like a diehard Thunder fan. And so yeah. I, he like hooked me on the the Chris Paul Thunder like years ago. And now you know he's still just I know way too much about the I know more about the Oklahoma City Thunder than I <laughs> than a normal person who doesn't live there should. So I'm 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 definitely excited about it. Um what else are you excited about with this team this year, this Thunder team? I think seeing what Jalen Williams, the the good Jalen Williams, is going to do, you know, this season because he's going to pl- he's going to play a lot. I think he's a guy that they like. Dude, to he play was in a lot of awesome. Spots. Yeah, he was awesome in summer league. I watched that uh, the Rockets game back uh, when it was. I mean, Chet Jabari, but like, yeah, Jalen Williams was the best rookie in that game. Like, wasn't even yeah. close. He's might have been the best player in that game. Period. And he, I mean, he definitely fits the mold that I was talking about where the ball hits his hands, he can make a decision with it. You know, he played point guard, you know, his whole life. Yep. He had actually never played any position but point guard up until he got to summer league and the Thunder started him at power forward. Um, and he <laughs> kind of thought he he was just thought that was interesting. And he's excited to to really do whatever they ask him to do. And he's going to plug into a lot of different spots. You know, if you need him to play back a point guard, he can do that. If you need him to play the forward spot, he'll do that. He was really good uh, in catch and shoot situations in college, and so will be interesting to see if that carries over because they, without a doubt, need somebody to do that. And you know, if he's as good as I think he can be, I think he's going to be closing a lot of games. You know, where he could be playing one of the forward spots, uh, not necessarily against the Wolves, but I think against a lot of teams, he's somebody that's going to play quite a bit. So he's interesting. Uh, the other rookie they took in the lottery. Uh, you know, they had three lottery picks. Usman Jang, yeah, is uh, we talk about him. He's intriguing. He's giant, man. I've stood next to him a few <laughs> times, and this dude is like a legit six eleven. Like he's massive, mm. and he plays like a guard. And I don't know what he is. I have no idea. I think they're going to give him a chance to figure that out. He's a good passer. Uh, he he's got a long way to go. Like he's got and he's got a long runway too. So I'm interested to see sure. how much he plays this year. I think he will play. The thing with the Thunder and like their lineups is like there's not really a Thunder lineup. You know, they're going to be shuffling guys in and out. Like all several of these guys are going to have stints with the Blue. You know, they they play the Blue play in the you same the arena. <laughs> yeah, so the Thunder play in the same arena that the Blue do. So like they can they had guys that Trey Mann played in a Blue game in the morning and played it with the Thunder. You know, at night. You know mm-hmm. that that's going to happen. So. You have your like cemented guys like Shea, Giddy, Dort, Chet. Like those guys are with mm-hmm. the Thunder. They're going to start as long as they're healthy. If I didn't say your name, so you're, not, you're, that, you're not guaranteed yeah. a whole lot. 
it's funny that we both agree that we think it'll be JRE who starts the five, which is pretty important for this matchup. He did not start for the Summer League team. Yeah. He came off the bench. Yeah. In Summer League. Like, it's just, the Thunder don't make any sense, man. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, like, maybe make the most sense, like, <laughs> the longest view in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, uh, yeah. they're not under any impressions that this year is going to be, like, a great season for them. They know the West is really tough. They yeah. also know what the 23 draft looks like. And I think that if you're if you're paying attention to it, you're pretty intrigued. And so if if things don't go well, that might be the best case scenario for this squad is that they want to add another lottery pick to this group. Uh, they want to keep building. They want to build slowly, which is a hard phrase to say over and over again to a Thunder fan base that says, like, are we going to make the play in this year? I'm like, nope, they're not going to make the play in this year. And then they get mad at me that they're not making the play in this year. But they want to build slowly. They want this to, you know, this is like a, a crock pot recipe. You know, this is going to take some time. It's totally a crock pot. That you've used that before. I, I actually don't know that I have. I was just my wife That's has a good one. got a slow cooker going uh for one there of my go. friends who just had a baby. So I just, just had had crock pots <laughs> on the mind. I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so help me uh help me plug all the pods. The three pods you're on you do a million different you do a million different things for the athletic, but the three pods that you're on is down to dunk is is um the athletics thunder podcast you mm-hmm. also do as we've talked about before i've come on the athletics saturday show uh saturday slam and jam mm-hmm. um that's just general nba yep and then you do the okc dream team pod with the other uh thunder beat writers yep. on patreon did i mm-hmm. did i hit all those you got it man that's it yep no you you lead the league in podcasts per 36 <laughs> minutes i think <laughs> man i'm living the living the dream honestly i just i sometimes <laughs> can't believe that i get to do this where i just talking to a microphone at home and like that's somehow my job but yeah this is it i love it i love it well thank you for doing it taking the time um mm-hmm. i'm sure i'll i'll either bug you with a with a text or another podcast hey, as we get closer do. to the to the season, but uh, he's Andrew Schlecht um, at the Athletic. Uh, follow him on Twitter. What what is it on Twitter? At Andrew K Schlecht. Okay, that's that. You could guess around. I, good S- good luck with that, everybody. L e c h t. Did I do it? Boom! Is that correct? Wow! Wow! Yes. You're better than yeah. every single one of my high school teachers. Wow! That's amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's a high bar. Um, all right, he's he's Andrew. Thanks for doing it, man. I'm Dane. I follow me on Twitter at Dane Moore MBA, and I will be back to talk to you later this week or or next week. Until then, he's Andrew. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah, green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah, hope you're dancing like nobody else around. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, 
no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.